This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Matthew chapter 26, verse 33 through verse 35. Look what the Bible says. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I'll never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Truly, I say unto thee, This night, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet I'll not deny thee. Likewise, also said all the disciples. Let us pray. God, as we bow our heads and our hearts in your presence, I pray today that you will speak to us and through us. All we want to share is your word. All we want to share is what you say. So God, speak to us and through us. And for all you do, we're going to give you glory, honor, and praise. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' lovely name. Until you come, we pray. Amen. I want to talk to you about Peter, the apostle who often put his foot in his mouth. Peter, the apostle who often put his foot in his mouth. It's in the second season right now of the series, The Chosen. I've been watching this series, The Chosen. It's the interaction between Jesus choosing his 12 disciples and his relationship with these 12 men. It was interesting. He chose 12 men that were not religious. They were not religious men. There wasn't a scribe in the group. There wasn't a religious person in the group. They were uneducated men. They were poor men. It's believed that seven of them were literally fishermen. They were just men that were just common men that had feet of clay. But what started with 12 men, we have 2.3 billion now who say we're Christians. And it started with just these 12 men. The Bible says when we get to heaven one day, according to Revelation 21 verse 14, the names of these 12 men will literally be on the wall of the city. These men who Acts 17 and 6 says, turn the world upside down. These men who had such a great impact. And what I want us to do, I want us to take a few weeks and I just want to look at these men because I believe there's so much we can learn from them. There's so much that we can learn from these men. Now, the one we're going to study about today, his name was Peter. I want you to understand something. His name was mentioned more than any other name in the Gospels other than Jesus Christ. His name was mentioned more than any other name in the Gospels other than Jesus Christ. And any time the disciples were recorded, it always started with Peter. Peter was the leader. When, when, it, when the Scripture lists the 12 disciples, it always starts with this guy 
Peter. But you know, I looked at his life. I studied his life. And Peter was the apostle who was often putting his foot in his mouth. He often put his foot in his mouth. It reminds me of the story about this young man that was working at a grocery store. And a lady walks in and says, I want to get half a head of lettuce. He says, ma'am, we don't sell half a head of lettuce. And she said, I want to get a half a head of lettuce. So he goes back into the back and he says to the manager, he said, there's some nut out front that wants to get half a head of lettuce. And about that time he turns around and there she stands. And then he says, and this nice lady wants the other half. Amen. And his boss said, man, you're amazing. You're quick on your feet. Where are you from? He said, Toronto, Canada. The home of beautiful hockey teams and ugly women. And the manager said, my wife is from Toronto. He said, which team did she play for? Amen. <laughs> Putting your foot in your mouth. I never forget this. I never will forget this. There was a lady in our church. She was pregnant. She was pregnant with child. I say she was pregnant with child. What else would she be pregnant with? But anyway, she was, <clears throat> she was pregnant. And I saw her. And I walked up to her. And I never will forget this. I said, it won't be long now, will it? And she said, Pastor, I had the baby three weeks ago. Boy, it's hard to back out of that. Amen? It's hard to back out of that. You know, I don't think that lady comes to hear me preach anymore. Let me, let me talk to you about this guy, Peter. This guy that we can learn so much from. There's, there's three simple things I want you to see right quickly from Peter. Uh, he was inquisitive. He was inquisitive. You know, he was a, he was a person who asked questions. Did you know, hey, this is just a just throw at you. There, there, there's something to be said about being inquisitive. Let me explain. Jesus Christ, in the four Gospels, asked 307 questions. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus Christ asked 307 questions. There's something about people that are just inquisitive. Uh, a young child was walking hand in hand with his father along the shoreline of the sea. The boy asked, Daddy, what happened to the ship out there? Did it sink? The father replied, I don't know, son. The boy asked, Daddy, what makes the waves come in and out like that? The father replied, son, I don't have any idea. The boy asked, Daddy, where does the sun go at night? I've been looking at it and it looks like it goes down into the water at night. The father replied, again, son, I really don't know. The boy said, Daddy, I'm sorry. I hope you don't mind me asking all these questions. The father replied, of course not, son. If you don't ask questions, how are you ever going to learn anything? Now, I researched Peter, and knowledge is power. But he asked more questions... <laughs> than all the other disciples put together. He was inquisitive. 
In Matthew 15, verse 15, he said, Jesus explained the difficult sayings to me. In Matthew 18 and 21, he was the one, remember, that said, Lord, how many times do I have to forgive? In Matthew 19 and 27, he said, Lord, we've forsaken all to follow you. What are we going to get for following you? I'll tell you what I learned about Peter. He was inquisitive. He was asking questions. You want to be a, you want to be a leader? Ask questions. Ask questions. Find somebody that's farther along than you are and get your pail under their whale and just beam them, beam them, beam them with questions. If somebody's farther along than you are in a certain field, when you're around them, you don't do all the talking. You let them do the talking and you simply just ask the questions. By the way, that's worth the price of admission today. Not only was he inquisitive, but I want you to see his initiative. He was a he initiated. In Matthew chapter 16, look what the scripture says. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Whom do men say that I am? Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say you're Elijah, and some say you're Jeremiah, and some say you're one of the prophets. But look what the Bible says. He saith unto them, but whom do you say I am? And, and let me just make this injection, folks. It matters not what anybody else says in their relationship with Jesus. Who is he to you? Jesus quickly turned it. He quickly, it matters not what people say, but what about you? What about you? And you know what the Lord's saying to us today? What about us personally? Amen. What about us? And Simon answered and said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. I just want you to see the initiative. You're the Christ. It was Peter that launched out into the deep. I'll tell you what made him a special man. He was inquisitive. He, he had initiative. But I want you to know something else. He was impulsive. He was impulsive. And I'll elaborate more, but I heard about a man who ran into a drugstore one time. And he said, quick, quick, quick. Uh, quick, quick, quick. I, I, I need some help for the hiccups. And the druggist had a cup of water. He just took that cup of water and threw it in the man's face. <laughs> and the man said, my goodness, what'd you do that for? He said, well, you don't have the hiccups anymore, do you? <laughs> he said, I never did. My wife in the car does. <laughs> so being impulsive can be good, but it can be bad. Amen. Peter was, was the guy, let me, let me explain. He was an A-type personality. He was either in charge or thought he was. I mean, that was who he was. Let, 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 me, let, let me show you about him. When they came to arrest Jesus, do you realize I was studying it this week? They uh, probably brought 600 soldiers. There were probably 600 soldiers to arrest Jesus. You know what Peter did? He pulls out a sword when they go to arrest Jesus. And literally goes to cut one of the soldiers' head off. His name was Malchus. That guy ducked and he cut his ear off. I mean, that was an impulsive guy. I love this at the, at the transfiguration. You know, in, in Matthew, Matthew, Jesus, Matthew chapter uh, 17, verse 4. Jesus transfigured before Peter, James, and John. 
You know, he goes on, up onto the Mount of Transfiguration and comes into his glory. And the Bible says Moses and Elijah appear. I love this. Now, keep in mind, Jesus has transfigured. Moses and Elijah appear from heaven. <laughs> but I want you to see what kind of guy Peter was. Then Peter said unto Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. Pete said, it's, it's good that I'm here. What we need to do is build three tabernacles. One for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Do you realize, folks, that Peter was the only disciple, according to Matthew 16, verse 22, this guy rebuked Jesus. Talking about an impulsive guy. This guy was the guy who said, all the disciples may deny you. But I want you to know, Lord, I will never, ever deny you. I'll tell you what I know about Peter. <laughs> he was inquisitive. He had initiative. And he was impulsive. But when I look at the relationship with Peter and Jesus, I believe Jesus teaches us some things about relationship because of his relationship with Peter I think we can learn some things number one believe in people and let them know it believe in people and let them know it do you know what a name says a lot a name sure said a lot in biblical times there's a young boy in our church he's 14 or 15 years old now. His name's Tate Shiflet. And I remember when Tate was just a little old boy, I was going to throw the baseball out. I was going to throw out the first pitch at Mercer Baseball Game. And I said, Tate, I'm going to go out on the mound and I'm going to throw out the very first pitch at Mercer Baseball Game. And I said, Tate, I want you to go with me. He said, okay, just a little boy, just a little boy. Just, I bet I threw a strike. Just a little boy. <laughs> Probably bounced it up there. But anyway, uh, just a little boy. And they announced over the PA. They said, throwing out the first pitch tonight is Benny Tate. And he looked up at me and he said, that's us. Well, you know what John 1 and 42 says? And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Your name's Simon, son of Jonah. But I'm going to change your name. Your name's going to be Cephas at this point. Cephas literally means a stone. You're, you're, you're no longer going to be called Simon. But your name is going to be called <laughs> Peter, a stone. What Jesus was saying, I see what you can become. I see you being a leader. I see you literally being rock solid. You, you, you've been unstable all your life. But I want you to know, I believe in you. And I believe you can become a stone. I believe there's a principle there, ladies and gentlemen. Many times people become what we believe they can become. 
Many times people reach what we believe they can reach. And we need to not only believe in people, but we need to let people know that we believe in them. Tommy Lasorda was the great baseball manager for the L.A. Dodgers when I was growing up. Tommy Lasorda said he had a pitcher one time. I don't know why I'm talking about so much about baseball. He was a pitcher one time that he said, when I got him, he was skinny. He said, when I got him, he was timid. When I got him, he wasn't real strong. He was very weak. But he said, I gave him a, a nickname. <laughs> I called him Bulldog. He was weak. He was timid. He was shy. But I gave him a, a nickname. I called him Bulldog. And he said, you know, Earl Hershiser became a bulldog. He became a bulldog. You know what Peter teaches us through his relationship with Jesus Christ? Believe in people, ladies and gentlemen, and let them know you believe in them. You know what many, many of your children need to hear? I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you, son. Honey, I'm so proud of you. Believe in people. Let them know it. Throughout Savannah's life, I told her, anything you want to accomplish in life, you can do it. You can go to the University of Georgia, and you're the prettiest one over there. You can go to the University of Georgia, and you're the smartest one over there. Believe in people, and let them know you believe in them. Let me tell you, there's a second thing. All this is good. The principles is what's good. A relationship is more about giving than getting. Get this. Somebody said, I want relationship, Pastor. Get this. A relationship ought to be more about giving than getting. Many of you have severed relationships that are listening to me because you made the relationship about getting rather than about giving. I want you to understand, a relationship is more about giving than it is about getting. And I'm kind of like Bill Bright. I want to give while my hands are still warm. I want to give while my hands are still warm. No, no, quit this keeping score. Quit this keeping score. Because the relationship is about giving. You say, Pastor, uh, uh, where do you get that? Well, think about this, folks. In John chapter 1, verses 35 through verse 51, Jesus calls Peter to conversion. What does he do? He calls him to conversion. He, he gives him forgiveness. His sins are forgiven. The first thing, get this. The first thing Jesus does is he does something for Peter. And then in Luke chapter 5, he calls him to ministry. He asks something from him. The problem, many times we're asking something from somebody when we haven't done something for somebody. We're asking something from somebody when we haven't done something for somebody. And Jesus understood a relationship is more about giving than getting. Let me tell you something. You want to know what will revolutionize your marriage? 
A relationship is more about giving than getting. By the way, this is good preaching. There's a third principle I learned. That is from Jesus and Peter. Is lift people up when they fall. <laughs> lift people up. I'm going to camp here just a little while. Lift people up when they fall. You know, I've been studying about Peter. I've got to study about these guys because I'm pretty in-depth because I'm going to preach about them. And you know, uh, I read a story where, where Peter and the disciples get out on the Sea of Galilee and they're in a storm. I noticed something. Right before the storm, Jesus took five loaves and two fishes and everybody had fish and chips. Wait. It was a wonderful time and then a storm came. You know what I've learned about life? You said, Pastor, it is going great right now. A storm's probably coming. That's life, folks. It's mountain and valleys. This is not heaven. I mean, he, they, had a, they had a great party, and, and then the Bible says a storm came in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through verse 31. A storm came, and it was between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the water, 6 a.m. in the morning. They were on the water, and the storm got real bad, and Jesus came. And Jesus came. Let me tell you something. Here's the good news. Folks, no matter how bad the storm gets, Jesus is with us. Amen? No matter how bad the storm gets, I want to report to you that Jesus is with us. And the disciples look out, <laughs> and Jesus is walking on the water. Remember Peter? The one who always initiated? They thought he was a ghost. And they were so afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. And Jesus said, Pete, come on. Come on. Now, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I've always had great admiration for Peter. I've always had great admiration. The other 11 stayed in the boat, but Peter got out of the boat. Listen, listen. Somebody said, well, I just don't want anybody to say anything against me. If you don't want anybody to say anything against you, say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. Yeah, if you don't want anybody to say anything against you, say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. But let me tell you, where there's motion, there's friction. Amen? Anytime there's opportunity, there'll always be opposition. He got out of the boat. I've said a thousand times, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. Amen? Just stay in that boat and yak, yak, yak. But he got out of the boat. And hey, let me make this injection. We give him a tough time. But last time I checked, he still holds the record for walking on water. Some of you are watching me from Panama City. Try it down there. Amen. <laughs> but the Bible says this, folks. He was walking on the water. Look here, look here, folks. And he got his eyes off Jesus. And he fell. 
Every time in my life when I've got my eyes on something or somebody or some situation, I always fail. Every time I fail, it was because I got my eyes off Jesus. I got my eyes off Jesus. If I'd kept looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, I would have been okay. But I got my eyes off Jesus and I got in trouble. And you will too. So here he was walking on water. Got his eyes on the winds and waves. And look what Matthew 14, 31 says. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith. Now get this, folks. He didn't say no faith. Little faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? Little faith. But get this. It was a faith issue. Why, why, why did he mess up? It was a faith issue. Why, why, why do we mess up, folks? It's a faith issue. It's a faith issue. You say, well, pastor, in light of that, I, I, I need to build my faith. Yes, you do. How do we do that? Romans 10 and 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is all I want to say. When he failed... Jesus picked him up. Jesus picked him up. You say, Pastor Benny, I want to be a spiritual person. Barbara asked me one time, she said, Benny, how do you know if people are spiritual? I said, I'll tell you what Galatians 6 and 1 says. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. What did he say? He said, if I'm spiritual and somebody falls, I ought to encourage them and I ought to pick them back up. Because he said, the very same thing could happen to you. The very same thing that happened to that woman. The very same thing that happened to that man could happen to you. See, folks, I believe this. I believe this. I believe anybody can make a dollar. I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist. Get real. <laughs> no pun intended. Every place you pass by right now is hiring people. <laughs> and by the way, that will continue as long as the government hands out checks. When you're paying more money, people more money to stay home than go to work. God help us. But here's all of you come up real close. I want to just tell you something. Make about half of you mad. I want you to understand something. The government has no money. What they give to you, they take from somebody else. <laughs> oh, come on, come up close. And a government, a government big enough to give you everything you want is also big enough to take away everything you've got. We better wake up. We better wake up. We better wake up. Now wait. You say, Pastor, how I got how did I get sidetracked? 
over trying to make a dollar. I believe a lot of people can make a dollar. Here's where I'm trying to go back to. Somebody said, Pastor Ben, when you're up preaching, do you ever forget what you're going to say all the time? What do you do? I just talk till I remember. Amen. Anybody can make a dollar. But I'll tell you, you want to make a difference? I'd rather make a difference than make a dollar. You say, well, Pastor, now you're in my lane right now. I want to make a difference. Let me show you how. Jude. And some have compassion. Making a difference. You want to make a difference in somebody's life? Love them. Have compassion. Pick them up when they fall down. Quit beating people up. Start lifting people up. Let me tell you something. These, these guys that want to beat everybody up, they're going to come a time that's going to be you. And what you sow is what you're going to reap. We better learn to, to lift people up. Now, now, I'm done, but look, I'll, I'll skip some of it. Jesus never gave up on Peter. Jesus never gave up on Peter. You said, Brother Benny, you're, you're crying because of, because it never gave up on Peter. No, I'm not. I'm crying because it never gave up on me. I'm crying because he never gave up on you. He never gives up on any of us. And Jesus said, I'm glad I didn't give up on him. Because he wrote first and second Peter. He was the leader of the apostles. Do you realize this, folks? Peter had the power to heal people. Look here. He was such a man in Acts chapter 5, verse 15. When Peter walked by, they'd put sick people out there. And they'd say, perhaps just the shadow of Peter. Perhaps just the shadow of Peter will heal them. Jesus never gave up on Peter. John 21, verse 18 and 19. Jesus said, Pete, you will be martyred. You will die for me. And you know what history tells us, folks? Let me tell you something about Peter that was different from all the other guys. And I'm going to preach about some of the guys. Peter was married. Peter was married. Remember Jesus, his mother-in-law had that high fever. Jesus touched her. I think that's why he denied Jesus, but I don't know. I think he was getting back at Jesus for healing his mother-in-law. I don't know that. But he said, Pete, you're going to die for me. And before they, he died for him, they crucified his wife. And while they was crucifying Peter's wife, history says, he kept looking at her and saying, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. And then it came time for Peter to be crucified. And history says, Peter said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. 
I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord was. There's some messages there, folks. Believe in people and let them know it. Relationships more about giving than getting. And lastly, lift people up when they fall. You never know what a plan God may have for their future. You never know what a plan God may have. Can we just give God praise? You never know what a plan God may have for their future. Hey, let me tell you something. I just happen to be the guy that's pastored here 31 years. And you know the guys that have stood behind Rock Springs Church? The individuals that have just stuck in here through thin and thin. Many times they've gone through heartache, disappointment, and pain in their personal lives. And they just stuck in here. It's amazing what God can do. It's amazing. I'm, aren't we grateful, folks? I'm just, uh, that, aren't we just grateful? Aren't we just grateful that, that, that God didn't throw away the clay? That God didn't throw away the clay. He keeps believing in people. Just for a moment, every head's bowed. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.